Hello again. When you're a minister and you have kids, you're busy, busy, busy. Going in the office during songs and getting the mints, you know, when they're in the office and you didn't have enough in your pocket. You got to go get it. So. And then it reminded me of my grandpa. He always had mints in his pocket. I mean, like, you know, the packs of mints. And he would have like five or six packs. So you knew he had them. But I don't have them in my pocket. So I got to remember to have 20 in my pocket. So if somebody asks me for a mint, I'll have one. The last two weeks for me have been busy. Me and my family have been busy the last two weeks. Family in and out, traveling for anniversaries and um, lots of driving. Um, so I'm exhausted, but I'm blessed. And I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to study the book of James. I hope you all are happy when you study the book of James and any other book of the Bible. The Bible itself is... I like to study, so it's sweet. Um, even when you're by yourself, you have sweet moments. Um, when the Holy Spirit says, this is what you need to do, so go do it. So I'm exhausted, but I'm here, and again, i got to get used to this mic. Every time I move, it seems to move with me. So, But can you hear me all right? All right. So hello, I am responsible for the words that come out of my mouth. That's how I introduce myself this week. You may be wondering in your own mind, how would I introduce myself today? If I said, don't use your name if you come up to me or any other person, how would you introduce yourself? Maybe we should do that. You come into the building and you say, hello, I am. And you just fill in the blank. So that's me. I'm responsible for the words that come out of my mouth. Let's read our psalm together. You may memorize it. Have anybody memorized it yet? Anybody? Who's memorized it? Nobody. Because I was going to not put it up there to see if we knew it, but we'll put it up there. One, two, three. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your path straight before me. I spoke with, in the Sunday school class with Blake and Colden today, and I said one of my favorite verses that I remember on my journey of faith, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight or direct your path. You may not notice the path straight, but it is. So let us pray that. Lead us, Lord. In your righteousness, make your path straight before us. James, if you love James, just shout. Do you love James? Nobody shouts. <laughs> what is that psalm? Make a what? Cody, you know it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So if I say something and you're going to shout, shout it. You can just shout something and it doesn't have to be a word. You can just shout. Right? If you're joyful, you can shout and say, this is something that's joyful and I don't know what I'm saying, but it's going to come out. Ah! <laughs> so, I, you know, who's, I know Ralph's a sports fan back there. 
He watches the Michigan Wolverines, right, Ralph? You watch the Michigan Wolverines? And let me tell you, when the Michigan Wolverines are playing, I can hear Ralph shouting from my office (laughs) or my house. He loves to shout joyful noises, I hope. But you can hear people shout for joy when they're excited about something. And when we come to the Bible, are we excited to learn and grow from it? We know that James is a humble servant of Jesus. Even though Jesus is his brother, he's a humble servant. And he wrote this letter to encourage others to not just say they have faith, but to live it out. You profess it, you need to produce something. You need to act it out. This letter is not just for James's day, but it's been preserved for us, and we learn from it. Our theme from the study Bible that I have on my shelf, and it's a good theme, our faith determines our actions and attitudes. Has that been true as we've been studying the book of James together? Has our faith determined what we do and how we feel and what we say to people? James chapter 1, verse 19, remember this. James encouraged us to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. When it comes to our speech, the words we speak to one another, we speak a lot of words, don't we? I forget the statistics, but somebody uh, put a statistic out there. Sometimes I hate stats. But they say you speak a lot of words every day. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of words every day. Do we take time to think about what we say before we say it? Do we think the words that we're going to say in the moment or do we just spat them out? That's slow to speak. Question for you. Two of them. Do, you believe, do we believe that our words matter? Do we believe that the words we speak can make a difference? Yes, yes. Our words matter. Our words can make a difference. Proverbs 18.21, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue, the speech has the power of life and death. Proverbs 21-23, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity or another translation, out of trouble. Have your words got you in trouble? I can promise you that. I've been in trouble by my words many, many times. They bring calamity. They bring trouble. Words can help. Words can heal. They can also hurt. They can also kill. Writer Josh McDowell on my shelf, I picked it up and he writes this, words, the right ones used in the right way can be powerful. But in today's world, I'm afraid a lot of people use a lot of words to produce merely a lot of noise. Do you know people that make a lot of noise by their speech? And you're like, just stop. Please stop talking. Nothing good is coming out of your mouth right now. Josh McDowell, a lot of people are using a lot of words 
to produce merely noise. Do the words, another question. You don't have to answer out loud. Think about it as we go through James today. Do the words we speak reflect who we are in Christ? Does God control the words we speak? James 3, 1 through 12 is going to expand on the command, be slow to speak. He's going to go into detail about the words we say. Pray with me before we go into this section of James. God, thank you so much for today. And already we speak in a lot of words. In Sunday school, in our conversations, in our songs. We've said a lot of things. But I pray as we go through James and we remember the questions, does our speech reflect who we are in Christ? Do you control the words we speak? Thank you for James and the letter that he wrote to the Christians in his day, but also for us today. And thank you for the remembrance that Jesus died for our sins today. As we took communion, we remember that. And we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 3. Simple title, words matter. You said it. You all exclaimed yes, that words matter. So we're going to learn about it today. James chapter 3. Verse 1, we're going to start with. It's in your Bible. It's not going to be on the screen, so have attentive ears. I know you all do. So here's what it says. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Those who teach have a huge responsibility. Do you agree with that? Those who teach have a huge responsibility. I'm a teacher. I don't think all of you may be teachers. If you raise your hand, raise your hand if you're a teacher, or you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it if you want to. Are you a teacher? Yes or no? I am a teacher. I teach the Word of God. I preach it. Some of you may be teachers in school. Some of you may be teachers in the home. Some of you may be teachers at your workplace. I don't know. But we teach. If you teach, you have a huge responsibility. But not everybody is a teacher. Look what James said. Did you catch it? Not many of you should become teachers. Oh, so not all of us can become teachers, okay? It's a huge responsibility. James is urging his hearers to be careful. Be careful about becoming a teacher. Teachers carry major responsibility. James puts himself as a teacher. He says, know that we who teach. So James has been a teacher in the church of Jerusalem. Amongst fellow believers, he's teaching people. He knows what it is to be a teacher. Words matter. He knows and understands what he's supposed to do as a teacher. I believe I know what it takes to be a teacher. Sometimes I fail, yes, teachers fail. But when the teachers 
teach, they know that it's a huge responsibility because of this. It says, teachers will be judged more strictly. Ephesians chapter 4, it lists some of the um, responsibilities. There's apostles, there's teachers, preachers, and it goes on. There's a specific role as a teacher. People are going to teach. Teachers must never take their responsibility lightly. And let me tell you, I'll, I'll make a confession. I don't take this lightly. I come up here, I've studied in the week, I've kind of lived stuff out. Even when I'm studying, I'm like, well, I'm studying that now and I'm living it out. Oh, man. I don't take it lightly. If I come up here and I say, I didn't learn anything in my study, I probably won't bring it to the pulpit. I'll say, let's have Testimony Sunday. Because I didn't learn anything. I'm not doing it. So I don't take it lightly because those who teach will be judged more strictly if I don't take it seriously, okay, if I don't take the responsibility seriously when I come up here, I'm not only deceiving myself, but I'm deceiving you all. If I come up here and say something that I believe is true and I'm not living it out, I'm deceiving us all. Because you will hear it and say, well, you're not doing it, so why would I do it? So I take it very seriously. My responsibility is to do my best to teach the truths of God's Word and encourage the hearers to live out their faith in Christ. That's what I try to do each and every day, each and every week because I'm judged more strictly. Sunday school teachers in the room, you're judged more strictly. Don't take it lightly. Be serious when you step into your classroom and you present truths and you present questions. Take it seriously because we're judged more strictly. So those who teach have a huge responsibility. Verse 2, let's continue. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. What's this point? It's a long one. Nobody is perfect in what they say, but that cannot stop us from doing our best to be wise stewards of our words. Is anybody perfect in what they say? Are you perfect in what you say? Am I perfect in what I say? Is the president perfect in what he says? Is the teacher at Vesterberg Community School the perfect in what they say? Are police officers perfect in what they say? These are hot topics sometimes because we think people should be perfect in what they say. But we're not. Are preachers perfect in what they say? No. But they're hot topics because we think people should be perfect. But they're not. We say they failed us. We can't trust them. But John Wooden, my favorite legendary basketball coach, teacher, said this, 
perfection is what you are striving for. But perfection is an impossibility. However, striving for perfection is not an impossibility. Do you want to be perfect? I want to be perfect in what I say. I want to be perfect in what I do, but perfection is not, is an impossibility. But the striving for it is not an impossibility. I love that. Because we want to strive to be perfect. Perfection means this, the quality or state of being perfect, such as freedom from fault or defect, maturity, the quality or state of being saintly. That's the definitions for perfection. Even though we all stumble, James says that we all stumble in many ways. Even though we stumble and fall in many ways, you know the verse probably, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We all stumble. But if a person was never at fault in what they say, they would be perfect. James says you would be perfect if you were never at fault in what you say. Able to keep the whole body in check. No one is perfect, but, 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 but. Was there someone perfect who walked this earth? Who was that? Jesus Christ. The only perfect human being to ever walk this earth was Jesus Christ, the God-man. Perfect in what He said. Perfect in what He did. Perfect at everything. And James was probably mad at him all his life. Why are you so perfect, Jesus? Jesus walked this earth for over 30 years and never, never, never was at fault in what he said. He was perfect and he was able to keep his whole body in check. Jesus, James' brother, you think when he was writing this letter, he's like, I know this person who is perfect. I know him. I grew up with him. He never said anything that wasn't perfect. Even though perfection may never be attained, we should still strive to be perfect. And this is why we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith as we run the race that is marked out for us. That's what we do. We fix our eyes on the perfect person that walked this earth. The fixing. We just don't go like this. Okay, I saw Jesus. I know what it's like. No, we fix our eyes. And we're just constantly gazing at Jesus saying, He did it perfectly. That's my example. So I'm going to focus on Jesus as I run the race of life, this journey that's marked before me. If our eyes aren't focused on Jesus, and we're over here focused on something else, we're going to get in trouble. It's going to cause calamity. So nobody is perfect in what they say, but that cannot stop us from doing our best to be wise stewards of our words. 3 through 8 now. 
When we put bits into mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Our point here, small things can have great power. James tells us what the tongue is all about. Go with me to Proverbs for a second. Proverbs chapter 15. The writer here speaks of the tongue. And James, some people consider James the Proverbs of the New Testament. And here's a Proverbs in the Old Testament. Here's... Proverbs 15, 1-4 A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. The tongue, our speech, The tongue is a small part of the body. It's one of the smallest organs in your whole body. But James says this about the smallest part of your body. Here's what James says. It boasts great things. It's a fire, a world of evil, corrupts or stains the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire. It is itself set on fire by hell. No human can tame it. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Does that sound like a good part of your body? You've been saying yes all the time, but what are you saying now? Absolutely not. That doesn't sound like a good part of your body. The tongue is a small member. This is what the layman's Bible handbook says. Although it is one of the smallest organs of the body, it has the potential to build up as well as to destroy. Only God can give us the self-discipline it takes to tame the tongue. There is no chance. I mean, no chance. Any of us can tame the tongue with our own strength and wisdom. We can't do it on our own. James says, you read it, you heard it, you probably heard it over and over, and you see it in the world around us. Humans have tamed many animals, reptiles, birds, sea creatures. I still can't believe how they can tame a lion. 
I don't know, tigers. They tame them. Elephants, they know how to tame them and make them do what they want, you know. I'm like, they tame a lot of things, a lot of animals, reptiles, birds. I mean, unbelievable. But the tongue cannot be tamed by a human being. The smallest part of your body, one of them, can't be tamed by yourself. We must rely on the Holy Spirit to help us in the taming process. That's the only way. We must rely on the Spirit to have a chance to tame the tongue, our speech. Now the illustrations, I love illustrations. James gives some powerful illustrations here. And you probably caught them. The first one. When we put bits into mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. You put a bit in the horse's mouth and the, animal, the horse is going this way, you can change the course of that animal by pulling the bit and changing their course of action just by the bit in the mouth. And how big's a bit? Whoop. Is it that big? No, it's probably like, you know, something like that. Compared to a horse, that is small. But you can change the course of that horse just by that bit in their mouth. Then you take a ship. How big's a ship? That is a big ship, probably. Not just some little boat a person made and sent it down the river. This is a big ship. And how is it controlled? By a small rudder. Compared to the ship, the rudder is very small. But it says the pilot can steer it wherever the pilot wants it to go. By a small rudder. Then, those are good examples, I think. But then you get this one. And you caught it. I, you probably heard it many times. You've probably seen it on TV. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. You've seen forest fires on TV, probably. How was it set on fire? By the smallest of spark. That little spark from a match or a spark from a campfire that got out of hand or somebody smoking and they're just like throwing a cigarette to the ground. A small spark starts off this great fire. Small things have great power for good or for bad. 9 through 12. With the tongue... We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh 
water. We have the words we speak should bear testimony that we are followers of Jesus. This section is so not confusing, but it's eye-opening. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And at the same time, we curse human beings who are made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. That's eye-opening. It makes you stop and think about the words we spoke in the week. Did we praise God? But at the same time, we cursed human beings that were made in God's likeness. You turn on the TV, you see a lot of cursing other people. Maybe conversations you've had at work, you've seen or heard cursing other people. And then you may know the person and be like, oh, they're going to be in church on Sunday. And they're praising God. They're worshiping God. They're going to church. They're a Christian. But they just cursed other human beings at work or at play or whatever. I love songs. I don't listen to as much as I used to, but I love songs. Here's two of them. I'm not going to read the all lyrics, but Hawk Nelson, you've probably never heard of him. Maybe you've heard of him. 2013 wrote a song called Words. Here's a section of it. Words can build you up. Words can break you down. Start a fire in your heart or put it out. Let my words be life. Let my words be truth. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you speaking to God. Whatever I say, I want it to point back to the God I serve. Toby Mack in 2012 wrote a song, Speak Life. It says this in part of it. Though it's crazy, amazing, we can turn a heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life. Speak life to the deadest, darkest night. Speak life. Speak life. When the sun won't shine and you don't know why, look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope. You speak love. You speak life. Speak life. The words we say have power. Do our words bear testimony that we are followers of Jesus? A question, a personal question for us all. Do your words, do my words reflect the relationship I have with Jesus Christ? Think about it. The words we say have power. Do they reflect our relationship with Jesus? Writer Richard Kreischer wrote, We cannot worship God authentically if we use the same mouth to curse His children. 
James said it. We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who are made in the image of God or in God's likeness. I'm 36 years old, and I can honestly say I probably hear it often, cursing other human beings. You can't turn on the television and not hear it. You maybe barely can speak with your family and not hear it. Not just your own family, but the family of God, too. Praise and cursing cannot come out of the same mouth. Listen to these things. Lying, unwholesome talk, filthy language, arguing, complaining, slander, gossiping. These are examples of the kind of words that should not come out of our mouth. Now listen to these. Helpful for building others up. Gracious, truthful, encouragement. These are words that we should be speaking to other people. We cannot have both of these types in the same mouth, the same conversation. I love Jesus. I love other people. But then two seconds later, you're like, oh, that group of people, I hate them. I don't like those who play soccer or I don't like or anything. I hate my brother or sister. When I was a kid, those words come out, came out of my mouth very often. And honestly, as a kid, you mean it. Maybe you don't think you mean it, but you mean it. I told my brother I hated him often. Because in the moment, you do. And it's not right. Because the next day you say, oh, I love you, brother. You mean it as, I meant it as a kid, honestly. But do we mean it today at the same time when we say, I love you, brother or sister? And then the very next day you're like, I, oh, I can't stand you, I hate you. Because you've done this, you did that, you put something wrong. You didn't come visit me when you said you were, I hate you. Cursing and praise should never come out of the same mouth because human beings are made in God's likeness. I don't care if they don't go to church. We don't say we hate them. We don't go up to somebody and say, oh, you don't go to church? Oh, well, I can't talk to you. I don't like you. No, they're made in God's image. You go back to Genesis What did God make, create on the sixth day? Created humans in what? His own image. In his own likeness. So when we look at other human beings, don't have cursing come out of your mouth. And here's just a simple example. You turn on the TV and you hear somebody saying a hate toward another person. Do you agree with them? Or do you say, I can't hear this right now. I got to turn it off. Do you agree with it? Or do you say, I can't even hear that right now. I'm turning it off. In your workplace, people gossiping, slandering, unwholesome talk. Do you say, hold on a second. Can we stop that? 
We need to say things that are helpful, building people up. Do we say, stop talking about that person? Or do we just sit there and listen? Because if you're listening and you're not speaking up, what does that tell the other person? You're agreeing with them, right? You're agreeing with them if you're just listening. To be honest, I need to do more of that, saying, hold up, stop. They're made in God's likeness. They're made in God's image. We can't say that. So today, what have we learned? Those who teach have a huge responsibility. Nobody's perfect in what they say. We only know one person that was. But that cannot stop us from doing our best to be wise stewards of our words. Strive to be perfect. Small things can have great power. Our tongue is small. Our speech is small. But it's powerful. The words we speak should bear testimony of that we are followers of Jesus. With God's help, we can control our tongue. Make sure that our words reflect who we are in Christ. Let God control our words. Words can help. Words can heal. They can also hurt. They can also kill. I saw this before I came up here. Proverbs 16, which is, again, if you remember this, with James, it's going to be helpful for us. 16.24 says this. Listen to these words. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Have you ever eaten from a honeycomb? I have not, but my kids have. Is it sweet? Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. You know your words can bring healing to somebody. You may not notice it, but they can bring healing to somebody. You build them up, and they're like, I needed that. You healed them. Today, you may be thinking, I need to follow Jesus. Well, there's a way for you to do that. Repent of your sins. Say, I'm a sinner, God. I need to be saved. Repent. Confess Jesus as the only Savior that could save you from sin. Be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. You're raised to a new life. Then you walk with the Spirit as the Spirit leads you on that path that leads to life. And I think we can all say this together. You don't have to say it together, but I think we can all agree with this. Hello, we are responsible for the words that come out of our mouths. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for today. 
We speak words, many, many words each and every day. It doesn't matter what situation we're in, where we're at, we speak a lot of words. But I pray that our words would be wise words, that we'd be careful at what we say, being led by the Spirit. Please guide our words. Help us, help us in our speech, please. I pray for all of us here that we would go out these doors and remember what James encouraged us with. To be slow to speak means to be careful with what we say. Help us to be wise stewards of our tongue, the speech that comes out. And thank you for Jesus who is the perfect example in what he said and did. Let's fix our eyes on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. As we run this race, let us not get sidetracked, but focus on Jesus. And we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.